another episode of the anarchist experience episode 413 aka year eight week 41 uh coming at you this week as always i am your host mr richie rich along with mc and since this is your regularly scheduled saturday broadcast uh we are on the old clubhouse uh the club is the anarchist experience uh or you can at me at riches for rich r-i-c-h-e-s the number four r-i-c-h and that's when we do it about three o'clock eastern time on saturday afternoon so if you want to join the live show participate raise your hand do all the fun clubhouse stuffs that's where we do it um what's going on with you this week mc um i just watched a video from uh, half of it anyway uh mark dice um i think he was a comedian before right um i don't know what mark dice did before okay anyway uh, he's a youtuber and uh, he's, I guess, I don't know. I he definitely he's... has a presence, right? Like, yeah, yeah. He um, could be on stage. So, anyway, he, he's trying to popularize the the word whiteism, no anti whiteism, um, because uh, of all the uh, anti white racist stuff that's been going on. Um. <clears throat> Seems to have gotten worse uh, when Trump got elected. Okay. You know, maybe, maybe it started when, you know, during o- Obama's run, but um, de- definitely when Trump was running, it was like, uh, then all of a sudden, uh, white people are bad. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, so. Um, and, and from the left's perspective, uh they think half the country is white supremacists, which most people have never met a white supremacist, as far as I know. Depends where you live. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there are small small park uh, pockets. Um, if you go on YouTube, yeah, you, know, you can you can find that one town where if you pull up to a stoplight and you're and you're black, they they will tell you you don't belong here. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm. Definitely not saying racism doesn't exist <laughs> or anti-black racism. Um, but for the most part, like if you engage in that kind of talk, like uh, Scott Adams did, the creator of Dilbert, uh, yep. you get canceled immediately. Right. <laughs> it's, and- it's not allowed. And and for the most part, like it, it makes sense um, that you'd want to uh, keep racist talk uh, away and not popular um right. but at a certain point it it just becomes a a a tool of oppression so to pu- punish the white people for the longest time i tried to keep racism off of this show because i never saw the value of of the racism number one or the articles 
or how it how it connects to anarchism or libertarianism right it was like it's it seemed like it didn't fit in the in that scope right and and when you phrased it you know it's a it's a tool of oppression or you know the anti-whiteism comes from the left right it also starts to position us as a member of the right right? oh yeah and and but we're not you know as far as i know we're not um i i so i think we have to if we're going to talk about rightism and leftism you kind of have to talk about what what politics is for i'm not and i'm I'm not saying it as a absolute i'm just saying this is one way to think about it and the way i think about it is most people on the left are on the left because they're afraid of the right they don't like the right they hate the right and most people are on the right because they hate the left okay and at this point i am definitely anti-leftism I don't know if that makes me on the right. I don't care. It's not about that. But because I'm anti-left, I will be put in that camp of being right-wing. Right. Now, from the left, they would say people on the right are racist. It's like, well, you're wrong, but... (laughs) Right. (laughs) Could be. There's definitely people on the right and the left that are racist. On Um, both sides, yes. But... Being, being a, you know, put into that that side does not make you automatically a racist. <laughs> you know, case in point, um, uh, Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert. <laughs> He's like if you if you listen to him talk in any uh, amount of time, um, probably you know, a ten minute conversation, um, you will hopefully if you got some brain cells, uh, conclude that, yeah, he's definitely not a racist. He's a humanist. And he's, he, he wants, uh, basically pe- he wants people to help themselves and, uh, he doesn't care what race you are. <laughs> Someone <laughs> with the intellect of Scott Adams should know better though. Right. True. There is, there's, there's so ways to discuss these things without when his sounding video, racist. When his video came out, about and, and the only place I saw this was on Mark Dice's channel, but he played the the, the video of, of Scott Adams talking, and so Scott Adams was talking about not wanting to live in a black neighborhood, and that was that conversation was prompted by a, a poll given to black people about uh, how they feel about white people, and yep. like and so is it okay to be white, and. I think like 50% of them said no. Now that's a really weird question. Right. It's a weird question. It's a weird poll, right? Who knows who they handed that poll? If they handed that poll out at like a Black Lives Matter rally, you might get skewed results rather than if they went through the neighborhood, right? If if they went through the mixed suburbs. But but even even if it's not a poorly done study, it's still a poorly worded question. Okay. So, so from his perspective, then be smart enough to not use a poorly worded question from a questionable study, right? As the basis for whatever point you're trying to make. Oh, sure. And, and I, and, and he did explain it later that some, some of the things he does is because he does want attention and he is a shit disturber. Yeah. So, 
So he explained it, and but to to say that he is a racist is is false. Okay. Um, you know he he has his preferences and based on his observations of how people take care of their cities and stuff. And you know what? Uh, a lot of people do that. They might they might not say it on air, but they do that. <laughs> right. So. So I, I'm going to read you the headline of an article that I don't have as show prep um, for this show. I kind of posted it into the the other group for the Free Talk Live show because it's I came across the headline, right? The the source is a shit source, right? And the article is poorly written, but it v- vaguely gets the message across. Uh, the force the forces behind the Rage Against the War Machine rally. Libertarian Party turns to anti-Semites and the fascist right. And uh, mm-hmm. the, the source of this is WSWS.org, which is the World Socialist website. Imagine that. Imagine that, right? So, and, uh, you know, I jokingly, right, they, this article uh, references the Libertarian Party. It references um, the Mises Caucus who, you know, quote-unquote took over the Libertarian Party uh, was it last year, the year before, whenever whenever they had that convention was. Um, and whenever I, I see somebody with, you know, a Mises caucus shirt or a proclamation that, you know, they're part of the Mises caucus, um, I jokingly say, right, oh, so you're a racist, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> because. I mean, I get it, but. <laughs> you get it. They also get it. It's, you know. The, the circles that I run in, right, they get it, you know. Um, but then they're automatically on the defensive, right? Now, yeah, of course. no matter what conversation we were going to have, right, if they think I'm serious in any form or fashion, they have to overcome that hurdle first, mm-hmm. right? And personally, I, I just wouldn't be in a position to have to overcome that hurdle. And if you're saying, like, Okay, well, you're already behind the eight ball then because half the country thinks you're a racist specifically because you're white, right? I'm barely even white. It, it depends on the state I'm in, <laughs> yeah. right? If I, I, there was another article that I, again, didn't pull for show prep, but it was a white dude on Maui in Hawaii who got his ass kicked by a bunch of, a couple of local guys, right? Specifically for being white. So it's like a reverse hate crime. Um, you know, cause he bought some property and was trying to improve it. And then like, you know, small little fishing village or whatever. So when I'm in Hawaii, right, even though I was born there, raised there, grew up there, right. I'm looked at as white. And then I moved here where the real white people are. Right. And I'm not as white as I was there. Right. I, <laughs> I'm, you know, it's questionable, you know, because I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the darkest complexity of white, but I'm not pasty white. I'm not, you know, albino white. I have dark hair and hazel eyes and, you know, so I'm not the blonde white with the light colored eyes. And so I don't really, I don't qualify as white anymore here necessarily. Uh, and as far as even like the Europeans go, right? Like ethnically, they, they tell me I'm Portuguese, which is again, barely even white. It's, it's closer to the Africa than it is like the rest of the, the whites in Europe. Um, so, you know, so even if people think that, oh no, you've, you've got, you've got the, the, uh, privilege of being white, 
Well, I'll be honest with you, and this only happened recently. The only place that I've ever seen like a privilege card uh, was on a military ID, spousal <laughs> ID, and it was a black chick. Like, oh, look at that. I finally saw a privilege. Like, where's your privilege card? And she's actually got it right there. Here's, here's my military my military spousal ID with all the privileges listed of being married to a military man. It's the only time I've seen a privilege card. So I, you know, I, I, I rejected out white, out white, <laughs> Freudian, out white, <laughs> out white. Uh, but it's also, you know, it, I also don't run towards those things, right? Like, you know, on free talk live years ago at this point, right. They, they kicked off Christopher Cantwell, who is now out of jail and, and republishing podcasts and whatnot. Um, <laughs> hey, whatever, man, you know? <laughs> So, and that's the other thing, right? Like much, much as I've said about the left, right? I'll, I will read Proudhon. I've read Kropotkin, you know, I haven't picked up, you know, the actual communist manifesto or mind comp or whatever. Um, but prior to his turn towards being a racist, right? I found Cantwell's show highly entertaining. He is good at what he does. And so I still subscribe to the podcast because, Hey, why not? I need something to listen to. And I don't have to agree with them the same way I don't have to agree with, you know, the, the leftist uh, tech shows that I listen to. Um, but they're entertaining nonetheless. So I listen. And I go like, well, that's dumb. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's out there. And his reasoning for, you know, accepting the term racist is quite bizarre. It happened because he had a black dude as a guest on the podcast. Um, Walter, Walter, Walter Williams. Is that, you know, that name ring a bell? No. Okay. You should look him up then. Cause he's, you know, he's, he's a Austrian styled economist guy and, you know, former libertarian before he, I think he passed away. Uh, Walter E. Williams. Okay. Yeah. I know him. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, you know, a black guy. Um, see? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like on the show or in one of, you know, in one of Walter E. Williams things, he said at some point, if we're going to have discussions that get to the heart of the matter, right, you're going to have to accept the term of being called a racist, right, because they're not going to let you get past that, right? If you, if you try to have an argument based on the facts and the ideals and the principles of the matter, they're just going to call you a racist. So you have to say, like, fine, I'm a racist, and, but here are the <laughs> facts, right? And so that's, that's sort of what Cantwell tried to do Right, except he actually became a racist, <laughs> it, and it would be happen. because the facts dictated it to be so. Yeah, that can happen. So when you that's, have that—that's actually something that um, that I warn people about. Uh, well, I warn the left about. You know, if if you base your whole reality that uh, white people or let's say non-black people are are the oppressors uh, even though you know people are going out of the way to you know make laws and stuff that give them benefits and you know whatever they you know the, the left is pretending to care about people but yep um so you you make up this whole story where white people are bad people or uh um event eventually they might just say okay fine you know, I'm the bad guy. I will be that guy for you if that's what you want. Um, 
I and think I'm, we're there. Well, not not quite yet. Um, we're close, I think, but um, there's there's probably people that are that, and, and this this happened in in uh, I think the UK and, and probably happens in the US now too. But a lot a lot of the places in Europe, um, they they won't hire women because they're too afraid of uh, the lawsuits that will you know that will come from the feminists who you know claim that every interaction is is a, a, a sexual assault or uh, you know they're, they're they're using government so heavily uh, to give them pr- privileges that it's just not worth it for them to hire women anymore sure so, and then all- so that so that happens and <laughs> and and it, and it probably happens uh, uh, for for race reasons too now there's the opposite of that happens you know there there's uh airlines that are doing d- d- diversity hires um to fill a quota for how many you know lgbtq people they have right and it's like obviously this is wrong you know you, you hire a pilot based on their competence like can you do it good and yeah. are you the best that we can hire at this price and and if and if we don't have people that meet some kind of requirements then we have to pay more money, you know. <laughs> right. So, so a couple a couple of things before I, they slip my mind. Um, on, on the right, right, you have the Jordan Peterson types, right, who think that it's uh, that wearing makeup and red lipstick to work is to gain a sexual advantage in the workplace. Well, I, I don't. Why think else he said would it, they wear I, it? I don't think he said it that way. But, well, that's the message that comes across, man. I don't. So, have, I don't have the quote so in front of me. He or well, the context. Yeah, but, but if you listen to him talking, like it. talking to it, he he's he's also asking questions, like like you just said. What else could it be? So go ahead and have that conversation. But it, it's it's not going to be a simple conversation, and that's that's kind of his point. Like it's, well, it's not. <laughs> he says, "What else could it be?" But that's you know, it's. That's rhetorical because it's he's not looking for the answer. He declared what the answer is and then is looking to see if there's any legitimate rebuttal. Exactly. Which there isn't really. I, and but the thing is, like you, you know, for whatever w- reason women do it, men don't do that. You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. And, and so like in the context, you you have to make make it make sense it's like you know men don't go to work to look for mates i mean they can especially if there's one there <laughs> yeah i mean but they don't dress up they don't put makeup on to <laughs> attract people <laughs> maybe not in the same way right but a, a dude in a good looking suit much more better sure. you know much more better odds than the hobo off the street yeah, yeah. Right. It's we we all do it in some form or fashion. It's just where do we do it? I would probably dress nicer to work if there were attractive females in the office. Right? But there's not. And so I don't. <laughs> right? Um but even even if a woman isn't going to uh work to uh, 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 uh you know, find find a mate. Yeah. Um they they for some reason, you know how attractive they are. Uh, 
matters to them. Well, it matters to them, and if they can, if it can be used to their advantage in the workplace, right? That that would be the rationale for doing that. Um, the other I, point, I, I don't think they're they're consciously thinking about. Oh, I'm I'm going to gain advantage advantage by doing that. Oh. I think it's I think it's something. So something deeper. other than what Jordan Peterson was suggesting. No, well, I think it's still the same thing. I think it's just much deeper uh, in their psychological profile. Okay. Like just because you do something doesn't mean doesn't mean you're doing it with a conscious objective. Okay. So you're you're looking attractive so you can have so 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 that you can you know <laughs> get attention. Yeah. I mean uh, I've but it might not be because you know you're trying to have sex with them. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's not necessarily for sex, it's for it's for advancement and and career moves. But but it might not even be might not, you know, they, they might, just what be, else could it you know, be con- content with where they are? You sure. know, sure. you know, may, maybe, maybe they're just hoping somebody brings them a malasada, you know, <laughs> I don't know. number, number one, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and number two, carry on. <laughs> I, I know somebody who does that. They, they will, uh, when, whenever he operates, around the uh, the government employees yeah. um, because government employees don't have any incentive to help you at all. Right. And so if he finds one that like at least does the, like does their bare minimum, like puts the paper from this pile into this pile and puts a stamp on it. Oh, that was so hard, but he will buy them donuts. He'll, he will order a pizza and have it delivered to them. You know? right. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I, I like you. I'm, I'm going to come back here every single You're the only person I'm going to talk to from now on. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that sort of works in the corporate field too, you know? Sure. That, um, that's why the, the, you, you take the box of chocolates wherever you go and you, you feed the hostess and the, 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 the what's the, the flight attendant or whatever. Right here, have a box of chocolates from Hawaii. So we had a problem in, in Hawaii that uh, a lot of the bureaucrats would only do work if they got, you know, a little something under the table, like, you know, yeah. cash. And Imagine so there's this that. big invest, investigation, and they found out all these these uh, corporations were, you know, paying to get their paperwork pushed through so they could develop some land. And uh, so I think 10 or more people, you know, got got arrested in prison or, you know, put through the court system, whatever, but they all lost their jobs. So now you have even less people to do less work and, and there's less, uh, you know, approvals happening. And so, and so now there's, you know, more buildings that are not being built and more houses that are not being built and less and more land is not being developed. And you still have, you know, housing crisis in Hawaii or whatever, you know, did prices we, are too high. Did we talk about that here? I feel like I've had this conversation. I don't remember if it was here on free talk live. Pro- probably a little bit. Okay. Um, but I, I made the, I, I said like, I want, I want bureaucrats to be paid. If you're going to have them pay them. Right. Because then at least, at least, you know how to get stuff done. Right. You just, you pay them, you know, if they're, if well, they're unpaid that's or not my, moved That's kind of my money, point. So, so now that there, now there's nobody taking money into the table anymore and there's no incentive for any of them to do their job. And so right. they don't. It's making my point. Like they, yeah. you know, have the, have, give them a small stipend 
right, and let bribery do the rest if you're going to have them. Otherwise, just, you know, get rid of them and then let bribery yeah. do the rest. Yeah, there's there's not much need for them, and, and, and Hawaii's system is uh, compounded by the fact that there's, there's five or more agencies that, that have to approve of any project. Okay. Like if you want to remodel your kitchen or uh, put an additional room on the back of your house. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an endless amount of paperwork and you know, it, you might as well just do it and then pay the fine if you get, if you get caught. And so it's, uh, it's not, it's not helping anything in any way. It's just, it's right. just getting in the way. At some point, uh, before my mom turned her one story home into a two story monstrosity, right? There was like some outside space. I'll call it patio space, even though it technically wasn't a patio. And my mom just wanted like a structure, not a room, just, you know, a tarp covering and some screens out there to keep the bugs out and the, you know, the, the, the brain or whatever off when she was sewing. My mom likes to sew. She's pretty good at it. So it's like, okay, like I'll, I'll move out my sewing stuff, sew out there in the nice, cool outside breeze, and then I'll move my shit back in. Well, far be it to get any permits of, or anything of the like, right? She called my uncle, who's handy. And he built a fucking addition onto the house. Like, just built an addition. Just, you know, okay, he put, he put up like the corner post and then laid cement and then put up walls instead of just like a net and a roof. He, he extended the house and then it became like, well, hope nobody says anything, right? Cause <laughs> the, the house just got, you know, 15% bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, you know, and, and as far as I know, like, you know, I, I had my issues and I was out of there before it became an issue. Um, but at some point, you know, they had to redo the whole bottom structure in order to support the top structure and it became a moot point. But still at the time, right, it was, it was that thing, it was that thing, right? Do we, how much permission do we want to get to do this one little project where your uncle can get it done in like three days? And I think at one point, I don't know if it was this project or another project, he like blew a hole through his finger with the nail gun and then put a Band-Aid on it and went back to work. It was crazy. <laughs> crazy. Um, the other, I wanted to get to another point before we move too far away because you talked about the, the LGBT Q quota hiring right and there's I, obviously i have a problem with that right but i also want to make it clear that just because they're lgbtq doesn't automatically make them unqualified the unfortunate oh, true thing, no definitely the unfortunate thing with the biden administration is they uh, trouted out that uh, was named sam sam Britton or whatever the luggage thief yeah and his you know little outside of work fetishes and uh, what what program was he on? Like, what was he in charge of? Uh, I forget. I forget to Department of Energy or something like. But he's a nuclear engineer. Like he's got he's got the qualifications. He's got the certificate. He's got what it took to fill that role. Uh, and he had a fetish on the side and a penchant for stealing luggage. Right? <laughs> yeah. So good, right? They fired him. You know, and he's sort of in trouble, I guess, now for the, for the luggage stealing. Um, but you 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 can have a gay airline pilot, right? Or a weird, you know, a fucking uh, what's those uh, a furry airline pilot who's perfectly qualified to fly the plane, 
you know. So it's it's odd, right, to come from the white, the the akin the white, <laughs> the white right, uh, and say like, well, who do you who do you want to have flying your plane, you know, this queer dude over here or this upstanding white and strict male over here? I was like, I don't know, you know, who's who's more qualified to fly the plane? If it's absolutely a diversity hire. Right, and they they passed on the most qualified pilot for that price. Well, then yes, I have a problem, um, and yeah. then, and call call me a racist, right? But I have always had or a problem a, with or a homophobe. Problem. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I've always I've always had a problem with like affirmative action, right? Because number one, you 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 absolutely you know limit yourself to not the best candidate for the job, right? Because if, if you hire the best candidate and they're, you know, black or minority or female, right, then you don't need affirmative action because they're already the best candidate, right? And But I also think that it's, it's hurtful um, to the minorities that they are trying to help, right? Because if you put affirmative action in place, that minority will always be looked at by his peers as an affirmative action hire instead of the best candidate for the job, Right. And so now they're behind the eight ball as well, you know, not to mention, you know, as you know, this again, this is like the, you know, the Marines or the army or whoever did it. Right. They're like, okay, we're going to let females into the elite squad. And they open it up to females and the females couldn't pass the test for the elite squad test. They went, okay, we're going to make the test less stringent. So more females pass the test. Well, clearly they don't fucking belong. Right, you either can or you can't, and sex, gender, uh, race, all of that should not matter. Right? Can you do the job? Ironically, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna phrase this as like, I know a guy, right, who who is hesitant uh, to to fire minorities uh, because you know they might bring up problems in, in the firing <laughs> process. Okay. So we're we're a little more lenient when it comes to disciplining those people, right? You you can't you can't discipline them too harshly otherwise it seems unfair. Well, they terminated a white dude and he's the one going to the labor board to claim that he was improperly trained and should not have been fired. And so it's the white dude causing the problems. The sure. the minorities that were terminated just like went their own way and found another job somewhere, perhaps, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> so you can't even base that kind of bullshit, right, on skin color or nope. race or anything because who knows? Who knows what motivates the people? I, I think there was a, a college that is, is getting sued by, by a white guy for discrimination, and, and probably rightfully so. I mean, uh, so – the response from the universities is, I think this just came out, is to not have SAT and ACT scores, not have any entrance requirements. And so then they can't get sued for uh, discriminating uh, against people that, you know, have the qualifications and, and the merit. So, you know. Sure. <laughs> but th- then you have places like Harvard, Right. Where the where the you know the qualifications are so stringent to get in that's you know not even white folks making into that one sometimes 
Yeah, yeah. They, they, I think they did have a, a problem. They were, they were saying, oh, we got, we got too many Asians. Yeah, because guess who fucking passes the test? Yeah. Right. Oh, no, now you're racist for Asians. Fine. Right? <laughs> if... If as a group, right, you know, we, we, this is why I don't like the racist thing because it's hard to, you know, it's, we don't like to discriminate against a group, but there is a stereotype about the intellect of Asians, right? Yeah. And that stereotype stems from the fact that on standard, uh, standard tests, they score better than everybody else as a group, not every Asian. I I would also argue though, that intelligence isn't always the most important thing so i don't i don't know where this leaves uh average middle-aged white guys but um you know raised raised in central america somewhere in the united states um i kind of lost my track i thought i thought there but um so so intelligence being not the most important factor perhaps maybe so Let's say our country eventually is run entirely by, um, you know, Asians. Oh no! Make it the Chinese. With, people hate the Chinese. Well, I'll just say Asians. I'll just okay. make it right. broad. A- Asians with really high IQs. Ornamentals. Okay, carry on. Now that they they might not have the same appreciation of freedom as I do. Yeah, they might think they're so smart that they can. Uh, you know, centrally plan the whole country like they did in communist, communist China. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's, that's where my issue is. It's like, I'm not going to say there's too many Asians in, in school trying to, you know, get higher education, but what are they being taught? And uh, how, how is intelligence re- related to appreciation of freedom? Because sure. sometimes I think it's, it it leads to the opposite of that. It leads to, well, what do you what do you call them? The 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 elitists. Yeah. Who think they know what's better for everybody. Well, and there were some that will suggest you just substitute Asian and elites for Jew, right? The, yeah, the same your thing. There's a problem right there. They um, think they're so much better that they're the I, ones I think, behind the NWO and. This this conversation is 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 totally um, uh, not scientific or based in reality. It's just a conversation. I'm also not starting <laughs> over. So fuck it. Yeah, you want to talk about Jordan, uh, not uh, Scott Adams. Right. Yeah, we can go back to that if you want. But I mean, that's where um, this is where the whole conversation stemmed from, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, the, the conversation just went all over the place. But the the point is is that the economy, uh, the 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 way the society functions and and would be much better off if you trust the people to do what's right for them. If once you get to a position where you start calling out all the shots and and, and everybody has to do things a certain way, then you you lose a lot of diversity. Yeah, and so it doesn't matter what elitist is out there that thinks they know how to to run my life. Um, they're wrong, and even even if they're they're right for a handful of people, um, they're definitely going to get it wrong for a lot of people. Yeah, well, so, and even if they're correct, 
right? It's still none of their fucking business, right? You're allowed to be a screw up if you want to. That's, it's, that's part of the it, freedom thing. It's never been the case that centralization of any function of society has made it better. Sure. But if, you, if, know, you know, government gets involved in school, it goes down, you know, it gets involved in, uh, space exploration. Okay. The, the costs just went, you know, astronomical. It, it's taking, you know, somebody, <laughs> Understood. You know, a, brand, a brand new rocket company to, to compete with NASA to do it at a fraction of the cost. Understood. But whether it's government policy or a, a hearty suggestion, right? If they said you, you ought not smoke and drink too much, right? That's probably going to benefit you in the long run as an individual. If you drop those two big vices, you're probably going to live a healthier, longer, possibly happier life, right? To force that on somebody would be wrong. And if someone goes like, I know what's best for me, as they pull out another unfiltered, uh, oh, I can't think of the name. I'm going to say marble because I can't think of the name of the, the standard unfiltered cigarette anymore. Uh, you know, as and take another shot of whiskey, right? They're probably wrong. That's probably not the best thing for them, right? But but what we don't do is, you know, make it policy that they they're not allowed, right? And when people suggest that, well, wh- what do you do when the druggists start breaking into houses to get money for the drugs? I go, well, that's the that's when you can shoot them, right? <laughs> like, wait for that. You know, if, they, if they're not bothering anybody, leave them alone. And when they start bothering people, handle that. Right? That's the appropriate. We can't have legal drugs because people will break into cars. Well, then arrest them for breaking into cars and just leave the drug charge off. Right? Okay. You know, you, 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 can, you break into a car either on drugs or off drugs. You still broke into the car. And that's, that's the real crime. So the, the vice crimes are criminalizing non-crimes right in the hopes of preventing real crimes right and i go eh, no just wait for the real crime you know if you want to prevent the real crime right park your car in a garage and lock it and put a camera out there you know hire a security guard to patrol the neighborhood do something but but prosecute the crime as it is not the pre-crime or you know what you think might lead to it since this show started about race i gotta get back to it Go for it. Scott Adams doesn't want to live around no. black people. I was just going to say, I, you know, I, I, I was thinking about the, the, the elitist again. I, I don't care uh, what race uh, the elitist is. I just want to be left alone. <laughs> yeah. So what do you, uh, so, you know, begs the question rhetorically, right? What do you do when they don't leave you alone? Right. They're not going to, they think they're better than you. They think they're better than you. They think they know better than you. Right, they think they can control you and have the means to do so. Uh, personally, I'm going to try to avoid them the best I can, but that's all I can do. Well, aren't you the anti-Semite? See how it's funny because if you're trying to, if you're doing like Scott Adams and avoiding the people who are you know perceived to persecute, right? Like that was that was, you know if you if you missed the the Scott Adams thing in the beginning. Right, he basically, you know, they they did the poll, right? Is it is it okay to be white? And a bunch of black people said no. And Scott Adams said, like, well, 
in that case, my advice to white people is to stay away from those people, right? If they, if they don't think that you just being alive is okay, who knows what comes next? Stay away. And I go, oh, you're racist. But at the same time, right, like here, here's, here's where it gets hypocritical, right? The, those same outlets that would cancel Scott Adams for saying that uh, white should stay away from blacks would probably praise uh, the ethnic minority centers on campus where whites are not allowed, right? We have this safe space on campus where ethnic minorities can gather away from the whites. It's a safe space for them. When, they, when, when, when the ethnic minorities want segregation, right, they're, they're just empowering themselves to get away from, you know, the overbearing power and, and I want to say patriarchy, but that's the wrong term, critical race theory uh, that the whites have always, you know, set up a society that's not good for them, right? Big okay, fine, leave, be gone, go, go segregate, right? We'll be fine over here, right? Then that's racist. But you hold the same position, and that's the hypocrisy, right? Black, blacks and minorities want to get away from, you know, the, the, the out from under the thumb of white folks and, you know, generational oppression. And you go, go do it. Again, similar, you know, t- to Hawaii, right? And I've, I've heard this from family members even, right? When the idea of, of um, secession comes up or the idea that the land should be returned to the Hawaiian people, right? And the response is, fine, they can have it but we're taking all the white stuff with us, right? <laughs> Down come the buildings, out go the automobiles. We're putting it all back on a ship and they can have their huts and coconut trees to do with what they please. Because they, right, the, the, the dirty Hawaiians, the dirty minorities, whatever you want to call it, right, could not have built the society like this, this grand scheme of, capitalism and ingenuity without the benevolence and superior intellect of the whites who brought it all to them all right well well even if true sounds kind of racist that's definitely racist but it's it's not because white people are superior but um there there's a an economy of scale that that uh benefited uh, the people that were coming to Hawaii, you know, they, they had the ability to uh, make ships, for example, that, that were made with nails and stuff. And that was one of the first things we brought over, I think was like nails so they could build things out of wood. Um, Instead of just carving it out of wood. Yeah. With rudimentary tools of stone. So, um, yeah, anyway, definitely people benefit from, uh, trade and economies of scale yeah more people the better but you could you could have had that without uh usurping the crown right and overthrowing whatever government they had there at the time right you could there's could have just been trading partners there's a lot of debate and history about that and and all i got to say about that is well the hawaiians they lived on or thrived on Conquering their enemies. They sing songs about it all the time. Yep. King Kamehameha. He's the best. Why? Because he went to the other island and bashed some heads in. 
and unified them. And so that's how it's done by Hawaiian standards. And that's okay. It's, there's nothing wrong with doing that. You want to take over however you want to do it. Uh, you know, bashing heads is probably the, you know, the, one of the most violent extreme measures you could do it. So if they're going to come over here and, and lock the queen up in, in her house or whatever they you know claim happened. Yep. And illegally took over the Island. It's like, or we could just bash all their heads in, you know, it's like, <laughs> uh, and I'm not even saying we, cause I wasn't, I wasn't there. I you know, yeah, but you're a white was, guy. Was, you're a white guy. Born in 78. Okay. Um, but you know, the spirit of the times generational yeah. oppression, um, you know, con- conquest was, uh, acceptable. And yeah, now, now the U S has, has got some weird policies. It's like, we can invade your country, but we're not going to take it over. We're going to go in there, set up some corporations, take your oil, but then the country is yours. Except you can only do what we tell you to do, and you have to have the puppet dictator that we put in there, but it's not ours. Yeah, but because freedom, con- <laughs> because conquest, because sovereignty and uh, sovereignty is the you know the du jour of the day, right? And conquest is out, right? Yeah. And can you imagine how much trouble I got into in like high school and grade school when I'd point that out, right? And like the the, the whites have conquered the entire world, most of it, anyway, right? And like that's that's how it's done. So you you're you, you know the Hawaiians, a warrior people, right? <laughs> lost, and when you lose, you give it up. And so you know it it. I don't use the, the same racial context now, um, but I still maintain very highly, you know, and, and I've gotten I guess some cooperation on this. Right, the, there there are no rights. There are just agreements and uh, and defensibility, right? So, what you know, what 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 we the people need to do in order to take back what is ours from the government, right, is to declare it to be so and defend the declaration. Otherwise, conquest, as you said, MC, um, is how it's done, and because they have conquered. Right, they can do as they please, so long as they're able to defend it or get agreements for it. Like if if we live our lives going like, oh, yep, this is, you know, government owns this part of the land, you know, then they have the agreement. And the other alternative is that you know we rise up and take them on, and if they're able to repel that, you know, that threat, then they still retain control of the land. Like that's, and that that goes like from the individual level, right, where you're online having, you know, stupid conversations with the communists, go like, you would not, like, how are you going to get, you know, your, your land, you know, the, to keep that to be yours, you know, if it's supposed to belong to everybody? Well, you defend it, right? And out, out front, you know, you put all the skulls of all the ANCOMs who've tried to take it from you to dissuade other ANCOMs from doing the same. But it and scales up, you know, to the national level, Right where well, unfortunately now, right because because the people failed to rise up, it has gotten so big that it seems untenable to overthrow. <clears throat> and then again, and then again, you've got people like my boss, right, who still fears a Russian invasion. Right, I, I another conversation with him this week, um, where it was just like 
it t- it turned into like an an escalating uh, scenario that went nowhere, right? So it was, uh, you know, the we need a standing army because that's the only thing that uh, thwarts uh, Russia from invading the mainland U.S. <laughs> okay. Like, okay. So number one, what's the motivation? Like they want the land. It's like that's the motivation. They want to come and conquer it. Uh, yeah. Okay. And, you know, the, the Japanese already thought this through and they said, America, with all their guns behind every single blade of grass, you know, it would, it would be a futile effort to have to conquer it. And, you know, if there were 300 million individuals, right, you'd have that much harder of a time to conquer the entire United States because you can't just go blow up Washington, D.C. and take your spot on there and say, like, we're in charge now, right? You got you to gotta take over all of it in a land war. You know, and it goes like some, you know, so the question I said, like, okay, so they come on boats and they land in Portsmouth, which is one of the eastern cities uh, in New Hampshire, right? That it's, you know, it's a port. It's, it borders the Atlantic Ocean, right? And so they land in Portsmouth, you know, naval artillery. Like, how far do they get, you know? Well, They'll land with tanks, right? This is his answer. They'll land with tanks, and you got nothing to take on the tanks. So they just move in through tanks. Oh, oh, and if you start to take on the tanks, well, then they've got naval support launching rockets at you, you know, over from, from the ocean because they came on their naval vessel. And you, without your standing army and your standing navy, are just a bunch of New Hampshireites, you know, with rifles and ARs, right? Take bing, 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 bing off of the tanks like i don't know about you man but i got some friends with some anti-tank you know rounds you know, like we we can penetrate um you know so again it's an it's an ever escalating thing so they get 20 miles in before they meet any sort of resistance and then they just keep going and so i bring up you know afghanistan um and you know all, all of the other middle eastern wars you know russia couldn't take afghanistan the united states couldn't take afghanistan you know vietnam even right you know, the, the resistance of the, the, the dirty farmers and cave people against the might, you know. And it goes, well, you know, it becomes a land war at that point. Now, have you seen the diversity of the, like, the American land? Right? What happens when they get to Appalachia? Right? What are the Russians going to do, you know, when they hit the Appalachian Mountains or the Rocky Mountains, you know, if they're, if they're trying to sweep across? Yeah. Right. Well, goes, there's there's some there's a more recent uh, example of uh, what would happen if if Russia had a land war, because um, they're they're going to the, into Ukraine, and the first thing that happened in the first weeks of the invasion was that they forgot to bring fuel trucks and their tanks ran out of gas. Yeah. So they had to you know put that on pause for a little while. Right. Um, but at the same time, the the reason the Rus- the, the Ukrainians are, are able to put up the resistance that they are uh, is n- number one they conscripted a bunch of people, and number two they're getting a lot of handouts from from other countries to support. Mm-hmm. Right, like U- Ukraine, the the Ukraine that existed pre-war, right, would have been mowed over uh, most likely by now if not for the influx of support from from neighboring governments. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Ukraine didn't have, uh, enough defense anyway against Russia. Right. Um, but we're talking like 300 million Americans, 
right? Most of whom would be armed if the Russians started to, at least, you know, depending on where they hit. It would be the same, uh, you know, I mean, think of if if the U.S. invaded Mexico, you know, would Mexico be able to withstand us? You know, I mean, we would, we would be able to, you know, cross the border without, you know, anything happening to us. But um, how long would we be willing to, fight it out in you know mexico city like (laughs) it would it just it would just be forever right and so that's Um, where we got we got to like the surrounding of you know a pocket of resistance right in the mountains of you know appalachia or the rockies right and the russians would just set up camp outside right had to you know control all the other land right and then starve you know starve out that pocket well with an embargo uh, and not letting any supplies and whatnot get through. I went, really? Like, this is this is your fear, you know, that you might have to move to Wyoming to, you know, to live, you know, for fear of the Russians taking over. And that and that's why we need a standing army. Not to mention, like, I didn't even mention it, but not to mention the unconstitutional nature of the standing army. Uh, I I think, yeah, it went, it went too far to begin with. Um, I'm, like... What's well, what said? An ever escalating, you know, what, un, unrealistic scenario. But but beyond even the question of a standing army, like that, because that's that's way too too far of a, of a leap for most people to to say we don't need a standing army. But do we need hundreds of of bases around the world and you know opening more up uh, as we sit here? Yeah. No, you don't. Because you because you ought not be there, right? There's. The, the, the con you know the the conquest right the 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 warlording or whatever it was historically right has has no place in modern peaceful society and if you can if you continue those conquests right then it, it is a it is a vestige so so how long does the u.s have left because you know they say uh, 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 empire is what what leads to uh, collapse. So, is you know, when are we going to run out of money finally? <laughs> oh, you just print more. No, I mean eventually that that doesn't work. But yeah, well, and again, good good question, right? And I wish I had I wish I had the answer. Yeah, um, I think but, everybody wishes they had the answer. <laughs> well, and the the again the unfortunate thing about this right is you know for fifty years right this is what Ron Paul has been you know preaching. Right, he's been predicting this, um, but it's it's hard for me to take the prediction seriously when it's hasn't happened in fifty years. Right, true. It seems like it could go on much longer. Right, the the average time, you know, the average age of empire is two hundred and forty years, and the United States is coming upon their two hundred and fiftieth anniversary. It is time for them to fall. Right, yeah. Well, that may have been true then. Right. But for whatever reason, this thing keeps chugging along at what seems to be an ever-increasing pace, right? As, and as long as you can conquer other nations and take the resources, right, when, what's to stop you? That's what you do. And, and as long as China is willing to uh, take, take our dollars in, in exchange for their resources and their... Uh, and their population uh, work that they do. <laughs> yeah. There are people that fear that China is buying up too much real estate in the United States. Right? They're invading. 
It's like, no, they're just buying what we have for sale. We don't, we don't export much, so they buy what's yeah. here. But that leads me back to that question again. At, at what point um, does it matter the type of people that are coming over? Uh, same thing that happened with uh, the, the people from California moving into Texas and changing their laws and turning it into yeah. uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, you keep bringing the bad policies over. So I have nothing against Asians. I have, I have, against, I have something against a status that want to come over here and tell, you know, right. make, make up more laws. And, and so to, to me, that's what the flaw of, of any, any of these government systems is, is supposedly there's a safeguard in check. It's called the 10th amendment. It's like anything not in the constitution yeah. uh, can't do it. But then they just reinterpret the constitution to say, well, it, that constitution actually means that we can do anything. That's what it's for to give us power. So and, this and, is in some way they're right, but, this is the point I made last week on Free Talk Live, and I, I still believe it to generally be true. Um, the invasion has already happened, and it came from within. And everyone who declared that, you know, they would rise up against a foreign invasion, right, or, you know, took an oath, right, the Oath Keepers, against sure. enemies foreign and domestic, missed the well, fact they- they complete the, completely missed the domestic, obviously. <laughs> That's my point. They completely missed the domestic. So the, the, the invasion has already occurred, <laughs> right? From, from, you know, from the National Guard uh, confiscating guns and, in Hurricane Katrina to the police departments running rampant in whatever, you know, ethnic yeah. minority neighborhood you want to pick, right? To the, you know, to the, the red flag laws to disarm the citizens further. To every law that's passed to make you know gun ownership and purchase more difficult, right? To me, to me the downfall though was when uh, the the uh, when they disregarded the the Constitution fu- fundamentally when they said the the the, the Commerce Clause and the um, uh, general welfare. The, uh, yeah, the general yeah the general welfare clause. They they interpreted that to mean. The con- then they, they can do anything that they want. Yeah. And so with those two things, and if the government can't do whatever it wants, then it's not going to last very long. I mean, it lasted quite long, but uh, it's, it's setting itself up for failure from that point. Sure. And but- so if I, if we could get rid of those two things and then just you know reboot the government and then it'll probably stay pretty small for a long time, you know, then, then the, that when 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 these people come in to make laws, the only laws they would make would be laws about how the post office runs. Right. Well, and again, that's that's why I have pitched for actual revolution. Right. Because I don't care. I really, at this point, I don't care if oh, revolution is just going to turn it back into what it is or make it worse. I go, yeah, but it's going to take some time to get there, and we will at least have the opportunity to live yeah. through the peaceful time. Right, and, of the small government. It, it might not even be peaceful. We might not even get to like get to a peace. Um I'm fine with that too. I I, I think what what it like right now I I don't I can't imagine people in the US rising up. I think yeah, they will no, just it's done. It's over. I think they will just lay down and be depressed. Yeah. Um so So from um, from nineteen eighty four that's where you end up in Brave New World. Right, the the solely depressed population uh, addicted to somas, right, to make up for that, and fine, you know, I did, I don't, 
I don't have it in me to vote to help vote our way out of this, right? I'm 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 filled with too much anger and rage for any of your nonsense peaceful solutions. <laughs> let's just let's just fight. Let the let the better team win and live with those consequences. Damn the consequences. Well, well I understand, but I I just I don't think you're going to find I mean, may, maybe it's a lot different in New Hampshire, but I just don't see a lot of people uh standing up to fight. Um I think it'd be easier to get people to do what I'm doing and just try to avoid them as much as possible. Sure. And, and then, and that's what know, I do until people are ready to fight. When you're ready, when you're ready to fight, wake me up. Right. I'm going to be doing <laughs> my thing over here. When you're ready to fight, wake me up. Like I'm down for a fight. I'm not down for anything yeah. else. So you'll, you'll probably be waiting a long time. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's fine. Right. They, they can spin their wheels in politics, all that stuff, all they want. Right. I'm going to watch my football, play my video games, watch my wrestling, right? Until it's time to fight. Yeah. But I still I still think it's valid to talk about uh at least the, the US government and, and, th- and this yeah. is the thing. It's not it's not uh it's not so much uh, anarchist position though. Sure. Because um it's like if I analyze the Constitution, I say obviously it's it's just a piece of paper. Yep. Um, Which is fine. We can talk about it. 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 it had some ideas that were that were better than what had been done before. Um, but I don't know. To me, to me, getting rid of those two clauses would be something worth fighting over. Yeah. So let's fight over. Um, but then, then you get into the problem of. Well, now you have to explain it to a pe- to people in a way that they understand. Maybe because there's lo- there's a lot of people who think that the government as it stands right now, the U.S. government stands for freedom. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, actually, no, it doesn't at all. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. Again, I'm I'm no longer compelled to convince the population. Right, it's no longer my job. There are people out there who want to do it. Fine, you go do it. Yeah. Right. So anyway, I guess that was kind of my point. The way I would do it is is try to figure out a way to teach them that okay, well yeah. if if the government can do whatever it wants, then how free are you? And that's right. not very free. And uh, at what point are and that's the the Ron Paul quote. You know, at what at what point does are you a slave? Is it is it one hundred percent of your wealth that they take? Yeah. Is it is it fifty percent or is it ten percent? Um, no, again, I, I get it. We, we do, we've been doing this show for eight plus years, right? An hour a week, basically. I've been doing free talk live three hours a week, you know, just about three hours a week, um, for the past four years, right? Like how much more talking do I need to do? Right. How much, how much, what other outlets do I need to venture into to convince people, uh, that taxation is theft, the government is oppression and that this is the wrong way to go about a peaceful society. I'm talking. I'm not going to stop doing that. I'm just not going to do much else. Like that's that's the maximum effort I'm willing to give towards this cause until it's time to fight. All right. Final thoughts? No, that's it. All right, we'll wrap it up there then. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash The Anarchist Experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.